Welcome to the midweek mailbag. You, we are back. You can't kill us. We're still alive. <laughs> still kicking. It is NFC Championship week. It is late January. And we still got Detroit Lions football to talk to you, so we're going to be here. That's that's our promise. Unless it's a week in which we can't be here, then we won't be here. But this is a week we can be here, and we are here to talk about the Lions in the NFC Championship game. My name is Jeremy Reisman. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. I am a Detroit Lions beat writer slash producer of Pride of Detroit. <clears throat> With me, as always, is the managing editor of Pride of Detroit, is the machine, is Eric with a K, Schlitt on Twitter. Eric freaking Schlitt. Eric, how we doing, buddy? Hey, bud. I tell you, uh, this is a grind. This is a bit of a grind uh, going into the playoffs like this. Uh, my body is not accustomed to this uh, this late season push. So um, it's it's fun, though. I tell you that much. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was kind of surreal today. Uh, the latest Mel Kuyper mock draft dropped. Right. And, and I think we both like looked at each other and be like, eh, who cares? <laughs> eh, who I, and look, we're, we're not covering it. We're not covering it. Who cares? Dane Brugler has done two. Uh, Mel Kuyper's done one. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah's done one. And we haven't looked or we haven't written about any of it. Some, so, some cornerback goes to the lines. Who cares? That's three months. Well, from now. yeah, we'll care. In a, we'll care in a little bit, but not right now. No, 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 not nah. right now. No. And what we do care about, I can guarantee you, we got zero questions about the NFL draft this week. And I am more than <laughs> thankful for that. Uh, but yeah, if you have questions for us, as always, you can send them to us on Twitter. Some of you, them, some of you email them to me. Some of them, some people DM them to me. I prefer them on Twitter. So they're all in one place. But uh, I appreciate the enthusiasm from everyone. And in fact, we are going to kick things off with an, uh, with a question actually from our private one of our Pride of Detroit direct subscribers. And if you don't know what that is, it's our premium newsletter. You can go to prideofdetroit.com slash subscribe for more information on that. You get custom columns, some custom film breakdowns, some some exclusive videos of, of Eric and I post game. It's a lot of fun. But this email comes from someone named Tamor. One of our subscribers says, was San Francisco beating Green Bay a blessing in disguise? All the pressure is on the 49ers now, whereas when the if, if the Packers had won, the pressure would have been on the Lions. They probably would have been, obviously been favorites. They would have been at home, all that sort of stuff. Um, do you do you buy that at all? Do you think that you know, I mean, we know this team loves the underdog identity, right? And and Dan Campbell sure. even said it'll be a little bit nice going on the road so that we can kind of have that mentality of breaking things up. And, and you know, if we get to the Super Bowl, we won't have won't, won't have grown accustomed to a 130 decibels, whatever it was <laughs> it, at, at Ford Field. Um, 134 this week. 134. Yeah. Uh, are you buying at all that 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 maybe this was a little bit of a blessing in disguise for Detroit? I don't think so. I think I, for me, I believe that they would have preferred to play at home. Um, there's a lot of comfort that you get to have being able to work and operate from your, your, your natural environment, having the home crowd behind you, I think is a, is a big advantage, yeah. especially when it's, you know, that loud. And so I also think that they can match up pretty good with the Packers. Um, they've seen them twice. They know that opponent. And so I would have preferred the Packers, um, not just because I'm tired and didn't want to travel to California, but um, in general, I think the team probably would have, it would have probably made for more efficient work time. They could have focused more yeah. on 
on things that they already knew instead of trying to learn more stuff as they go. And so I think that's probably would have been their, that would have been their preference. Um, at the same time, you know, they're, you got to go through the best teams and San Fran has been at the top of the NFC pretty much the whole season. So mm-hmm. you got to go through them and uh, that's what, is going to make the Super Bowl, you know, feel even better is knowing that you've earned it and you didn't just, you know, get a pass through through th- the first three rounds. Well, first of all, I don't think that truly exists like this. Like, <laughs> so, oh, you just you just skirted your way to the Super Bowl. Like, no, they're they're the Lions <laughs> have beaten two of the hottest teams in, in the NFC in a row. Um, it would have been it would have had to been a third if if it was Green Bay. Right. Because. I think sure. I think that that was part of the email too. I did shorten it down on my own. Um, is like this was a very hot Packers team that that embarrassed a Dallas Cowboys team on the road. Um, that they you know they took it to the Lions pretty tough last time on Thanksgiving. And I, sure. I like from a fan point of view, this this matchup against the 49ers, there is a lot less pressure, right? Like you mm-hmm. can hang your head pretty high if if you end up losing to a 49ers team in San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. I don't want it to happen, obviously, and I'll be sad if it does, but that wouldn't wouldn't come close to matching like the heartbreak of losing to the Green Bay Packers at home, watching Jordan Love in his first year as a starter walk his way into the Super Bowl. All of that would have been much more painful of a death than than potentially losing to the 49ers. But in terms of <laughs> uh in terms of like I don't know. I th- I think this team would have much rather faced the Packers for for all the yeah. reasons you said. They match up better. They w- they know them better. They would have been at home. I think so. Like from a fan point of view, I totally get what Taymor's saying. Like, yeah, that 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 would have been scary. That would have been high pressure, <laughs> high anxiety. And I don't want to like feed this whole like oh, we're playing with house money with San Francisco because the expectations are low because they're seven point underdogs, all that sort of stuff. I still think this is an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. I still think this is a beatable team. I don't want to see my team lose when they've gotten this close in year one of of, of being a competitive football team. Um, but I also there there isn't just like that other side of like it's going to be a disaster if they lose this game um, because I, I because one I know it's not going to be the Packers in the Super Bowl no matter what happens and and two because I know this team's <laughs> probably going to be back pretty soon. Still got yeah you know. With the Packers, I'm I not worried. I, I'm still I not scared of them. I'm not, not. I'm not. The mojo's gone. Um, it's 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 interesting. I don't think while okay, while the 49ers are the betting favorites, and I think the majority of people when it comes time to pick are probably going to pick the 49ers. Um, like I said, 49ers have been at the top pretty much all season. Um, there are going to be a lot of people though that pick Detroit. I think more yeah. than what what we're expecting. We're already starting to hear people yep. um, come out early in the week and, and say, I'm betting on the lions. Like it's, it's a bit surprising, especially when you, the opening betting line was as big as it was. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? The opening betting line was big for Dallas too. And uh, look what happened to them. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, betting line. It is what it is every week, you know, and it, and it's, it's, it's geared towards, the betting public. And uh, so I'm, I'm very interested to see how the supporters break down from a couple of the national people that uh, I've talked to a couple that have reached out to me have said, man, I hope you guys win because I don't want to watch 
Brock check down Purdy throwing in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? And like, so like just from an That's, entertainment standpoint, I think the Lions are, are, are a lot of fun nationally too, beyond yeah. just uh, locally. And so I think there's going to be a lot of Lions supporters uh, for this game. That is a, a wild mischaracterization of Brock Purdy. But I'm just, it's not my words. I know, I know. Not my words. This is what I was said to me. Um, all right. Next question here before we kind of get into the Lions 49ers stuff. Uh, I think this is a fun question that we can reflect on real quick uh, just to reflect on the awesome season. Riley O'Brien on Twitter asks, uh, do you have a favorite single favorite? I'm sorry, a single favorite play from this season thus far? Just the first one that comes to mind. Ooh, I don't know if I do. Um, probably. I think the one that jumped me out of my seat the most was the Craig Reynolds block against Tampa Bay in week yeah, six. Like, yeah. That was unbelievable. That was, that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, that was that. So like that might be my favorite. I'd have to think on it a little bit more, but off the top of my head, I think that block was sensational. You don't see that often. That's a really good answer. And I don't, unfortunately I don't really have as good of an answer the first to, to answer like as the first one that popped into my mind it was david montgomery's 75 yard rushing touchdown against oh, the chargers fantastic. fantastic like that i mean first of all it was just like i didn't know montgomery was capable of that like if, if i were to tell you the lines have a, had a 75 yard rushing touchdown 99 percent of you'd be like oh you know how, how quick did jameer gibbs did anyone touch jameer gibbs on the way in hmm. um but no it was montgomery you had the jmo block downfield uh yeah it was a yeah, big hole cut back. It was a, that was fun. It was a really fun play. Frame branch pick six and in, in the opener. Yep, That was a lot of fun. That's a good one. Um, I think the Gibbs touchdown against Tampa in the, uh, in the divisional round that had me shaking you yeah. like, like wild. Like I was, that, that was very exciting because of the moment, the, right. the, what was on the line and sure. then the run itself, like yep. to just get somebody dead, the rights in the hole and just be like, well, I'll just go this way. Cause he could have went the other way and it still would have been the same result. Right. I think he just picked the, I think he just went to Amon Ra's site cause he's the, the better blocker. Right. And uh, it was easy. So yeah, yeah there's, I mean, if you, and if you want to talk about stakes, like the iffy pick in Minnesota and obviously yeah, great. The, the Derek Barnes interception, is, yeah. like they all belong to be in that conversation now for sure. Yeah, lots of good moments. And I think when we, when this season comes to a rest and we have time to, yeah, and we have time to reflect um, before the parade, but after the win. That's right. um, I think (laughs) that's when we'll really get to appreciate because, like, I've had a lot of people. I know we're uh, we we've stopped answering questions and we're just chatting here, but um, I've had a lot of people say to me like, "Oh my gosh, are you having so much fun?" And I'm like, "I am just head down, focused in the moment right now, yeah. and I'm enjoying every moment of it." But I don't think I've fully grasped, yeah, the it's, magnitude it, of what's happening. It's right? the same thing as when you ask players this a little bit. Right? It, no, it's like, they're in the like same boat, I, you know, I'll I'll let you know at the end of the season. Like I can't I can't fully grasp everything that's happening. I I haven't I haven't had a chance to like just stop and think about everything that that's happened this year. And you know, I I I try to pump the brakes on the week as much as possible and just like sit there and 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 sit with where we're at. The fact that that both of us are going to San Francisco this week to to cover an NFC Championship game that the Lions are in is insane. Um, but yeah, it 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 
does feel like there is a certain amount of processing that's also still happening with both of us because we're just like work to the bone here. Well, like in the, in the referee article I wrote this morning, um, I wrote in the, in the opening sentence, this is probably the biggest game in lions super bowl and during for the lions during the super bowl era right and i like had to pause for a second and i was like because my because first of all we all know i don't like cleat cleat blakeman right yeah. and so like i my i was already angry uh to write that and then when i wrote that i was like holy cow yeah that is is that that's accurate like that this right. is this is a moment and i and i hope there's a lot of fans out there that are taking the time to appreciate it more than we're able to at the, at the, at this moment, but it's really, it's going to be a huge weekend uh, up ahead. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some of the game stuff and start with uh, a lot of people want to know some injury stuff. Uh, our own John Whitaker asked who plays more snaps this week, Zach Ertz or Ferkser? Oh, it's a good question because Ertz hasn't been with the team. He is more of a pass catcher than a blocker, but he is, I mean, he's, he's still a veteran with who's balanced and he knows Steve Hyden, the Lions tight end coach from a talent standpoint, you would say it's Ertz from a, I've been with the team and I'm probably, I might be more suited to be a better blocker. It could be Ferkser. And in all honesty, I don't know. I, yeah. I I really don't def- I don't have a definitive answer. I could be talked into both decisions because it's not like Ertz, you know, like he's a veteran. He's been around for so long. Like some of these guys, you can just plug and play. And at the same time, we've seen Lions put these guys through long acclimation process. Look at Tyson Alualu. Look at uh, Bruce Irvin. They've they've had to go through this slow acclimation process before they get on the field. You don't have that kind of time with Ertz. You know what right. I mean? So how much can he learn? How fast can he learn? How much are you going to ask him to do? I think that determines, you know, how much he plays. Yeah. Dan, so I listened to Dan on 97.1 this morning and he talked about it a little bit and his answer was interesting. It was, it was like, well, he he said almost kind of what he said about James Houston last week is like, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We still need to like make sure that he's even going to be out there. But it right. wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the same way where it's like, oh, you're at it. You hear him saying they're like, oh, he's not going to play. It was more like we have to figure out what our game plan is. We have mm-hmm. to figure out what we want to do against the San Francisco defense, because if it's going like if the game plan is we want to run the ball 40 times, you might not see him at all. If if the game yeah. plan is like, hey, maybe we can attack both linebackers or, you know, get Ertz involved in, in the passing game a little bit to take some of the load off of, um, you know, all of our interior receivers, obviously, in, including Laporta, um, maybe you do activate him. So it, it that was kind of his mindset, I think. And that's probably where his mindset is right now. It's like we just needed another body in the room that we know we could probably trust at a moment's notice. But right. we needed but we we haven't developed our game plan yet. We're not going to know right. our offensive game plan until Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then at that point, we're going to have a better idea of can this guy help us this week? Or is he a guy that maybe we we hold off to the Super Bowl or, you know, just an insurance policy who maybe we have active on game day, but don't really plan on using. You know, it's they've, it's if I'm not mistaken, 
they've kind of had some like contact with him for a couple of weeks. So it's possible he's been like preparing. Right. It's uh, like I said, the Steve Hyden connection goes a long way um, for younger players. Tight end is really hard to learn, but for veterans, again, it's, it's a, sh- it's a shorter learning curve for them. And then the lions run a West coast offense, which is common. Like it's yeah. a common trait. Sure. And so if, if he understands the verbiage and maybe, Maybe they were planning on this, uh, bringing them on, and maybe they, you know, were like, "Hey, here's some of our verbiage," and you know, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, just didn't have the room to bring him on, or he wasn't ready, or whatever. Um, I don't know. I like. There's a lot of things that could happen to get him on the field. At the same time, it wouldn't be surprising to see more big sets, six offensive linemen. Wouldn't be surprising to see more of Ferkser, um, even though it's just. It, Ertz is such a veteran. Like I do yeah. think you could drop him in if you really needed to, if you felt comfortable with it. Right. Uh, the other uh, big injury, obviously from this past week was to Jonah Jackson. Uh, it's more or less confirmed at this point. He's not going to play in this game. Maybe has a shot to play in the Super Bowl if the lines get there. Uh, so felonious monk at three, one, three Dennis asks life without Jonah. What can be done to help coyote? Aushika? That's hard. Right. Because there's not a ton you can do other. I mean, like you can keep a back in uh, to to the block, but a lot of times you're keeping a back into blitz. You can lean Jonah his way, which puts a little bit more stress on Graham. Um, there's not really a great answer for guards because they have to work in such a small area. Um some of the blocking scheme though, that's, I mean, that's really about it. Like you can, you can have the, you can have Graham be a little bit more free and then have Frank like punch down left right off the snap and then adjust. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't, I think they're going to run the scheme the way that they want. I don't think they're really going to try and adjust uh, for him. I think that he's been around and they, and they trust him that they're just going to run the off the offense that they want. And uh, I don't really expect a lot of tweaks. Yeah. I was going to say like, well, maybe they just run the ball more away from him, but I'm like, Oh, right. They do that anyways. Cause that's where <laughs> Panay Sewell is like, <laughs> yeah, just run right a lot more. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they do add another uh, offensive lineman out there. We saw, was it against Dallas? I think feel like it was a lot in that game. Obviously we know against Dallas. Yeah, it was like, less. I think it was, you'd have Panay on the left side sometimes, right? Like outside of, sure. um, sure. Of Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, to me, this is, this is kind of huge. Unfortunately, like this injury is bad news. It's a bad week to have it too, because mm-hmm. that interior defensive line of the 49ers, not that like the lines haven't been tested there the past two weeks anyways, but Hargrave and Armstead are like two of the top five pass rushing interior defensive linemen in football. And that's going, I mean, Aushika gave up what, seven or eight pressures last week in three quarters of a game. It's, I honestly thought based on his game, I wouldn't have been surprised if they would have entertained switching Graham and trying Sorstal. Because as, as much as Sorsdahl is still rough around the edges, he's bigger and stronger. Yeah. And he, I don't think he's got a, had a game where he's given up like seven. Whereas I think Aushika's done that twice. Like, right. so 
But it sure sounds like based on Monday. Yeah. What Dan said, it sure sounds like they're sticking with him. Yeah. So, and I mean, they could always change their mind. Obviously, they're, they're going to talk it over. They're going to rewatch the tape from from the Bucks game and, and see what they think of Oshika. But it's it's a rough week for that to go down because the 49ers are, yeah. are a team that's very much equipped to to take advantage of your weak, weak link on the offensive line, particular if it is in the yeah. interior there. Well, the thing is with the Niners is they have talent everywhere. So yeah. and losing anybody was, I think, going to be glaring. There's there's only a couple of spots that I think are vulnerable. Other than that, they have they have above average players at probably like nine of their eleven defensive positions. So they're right. they're 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 talented. Yep, that's no secret. Yeah. Uh, Clarence Oddbody, um, a, a related question here says, "What's more concerning for the Lions versus the Forty ers replacing Jonah Jackson or the secondary versus Purdy and all of the Forty ers weapons on offense?" I, I don't know. I think they're both they're both concerning because those are potential weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, my kind of philosophy with the Lions defense right now and, and I, what I think it's been for the last month or two has been they know they're going to shed yards. They know they're probably going to shed points, but they're probably only going to give up about 24. Yeah. And if they think that if they can hold that opposing offense to 24 points they're off the lions offense is good enough to put 30 on the board and that's how they've been winning so i'm i'm not overly worried about the lion secondary i actually thought they showed me more uh last week than they had the couple of weeks prior um we saw more blitzing more impact i still think they have some really you know glaring weaknesses that they're not going to have answers to fix, but they're going to shed points or yards. They're going to shed yards and they're going to hopefully lock it down in the, in the red zone and, and hopefully limit those points. And if they can, their offense is good enough to win. So yeah. it, the, the secondary is what it is. So maybe I'm more concerned about Jonah, but I don't even know. I, I mean, it's, it's just because it's so new. I don't know if I don't know. They're, they're both concerning. I just don't know if I could, which one is more concerning? Sorry. Yeah, I, I think I'm a little bit more concerned about Jonah and and Aushika because that that's like the end. Right. I mean, Dan Campbell has literally said it before. That's the engine to the entire team is that offensive line. And right. um, we've seen Aushika in there several times this year, and it has not been pretty. I mean, how many times have we during the first half of the season? We're like, man, this offensive line could ever get healthy. Like this team is going to be really, really good. And then it finally got healthy and it was really, really good. And we're just like, yep, that's exactly what happened. That's what needed to happen. And now we're back to kind of not square one, but Aushik is a li- liability out there. And the and the I just got done saying how the 49ers are are really well equipped to to attack that, to exploit that. Now, the 49ers have the best offense in football. Um, I don't want to downplay that. I don't want to downplay the the season that Brock Purdy was having. I mean, he was in the MVP conversation for almost the entire season until like one bad game and then it was over. Um, I also don't want to downplay Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is PFF's second best wide receiver in football. Sure. I think I think a lot of people overlook how good of a receiver he is because of Debo Samuel and you know the whole like EPA of the the 49ers offense is is like top one in the league with with Debo out there and like way middle of the pack with him on the sidelines. But Ayuk 
is just as dangerous. The thing though is they are not like the deep ball hit the perimeter of the defense kind of passing game. And that's what the Lions have struggled with. So I think they match up, they match up better against a 49ers passing attack than they do against the Rams. than they do against the Buccaneers and they did against Dallas. Those are deep shot perimeter offenses where that's not the 49ers game. Now, the 49ers have a bunch of that most stuff. They are at least a little bit similar to, to what the Rams do um, or did. And so that's still going to present a ton of problems, right? It, well, right. It's, it's the motion. It's the yards after the catch, which Pukanukua was very capable of, of doing against the, the Lions. And, and that's going to be a similar kind of issue this week. So it it's better than I think some of these deep shot deep, you know, offenses, but it's not exactly a good situation for Detroit. So I still think it, you know, if, if, if I were to pick my poison, like I'd prefer this kind of offense to, to one of the deep shop ones. But um, I mm. guess that's why I think maybe that the Jonah injury is a little bit more worrisome on my end. So Sam Fran's scheme, their offensive scheme is rooted in um, the whole Shanahan, like mm-hmm. from his dad from right. right. But that scheme you also see in Minnesota Mm -hmm. and in LA because they all came from that same Mike Shanahan run offense, right? Like they were all versed in that. And then Packers, same thing. They all come from that. So this is an offense that the lions are going to be familiar with. They're going to have some preparation for, it's just going to be a matter of talent, right? Can they match up with the talent? I think if Debo misses the game, it really changes the dynamics of how San Francisco operates, which is shocking to me because they have one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the game. They have one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in the game. And you, they have uh, in a two really good receivers. Like you said, um, Ayuk is, is way up there in PFF's rankings. Yet, when you take Debo out of the out of the equation, they do struggle. And it's really surprising because they're so talented. Right. Uh, and so he could play a factor because it does limit them and what they can do. You take Debo away and now you're, you've got, you, you kind of, you take away some of that duality threat that they have on offense. And then you have your two best guys working inside the seams and just really one vertical threat outside in Ayuk. And so I think the lions can adjust to that. With with Debo, you have enough. You have to account for him with another defender. You have to like you're spread out a little bit more, yep. and you're not. It's not the case if he's not in. So you, you know, I think the defense can adapt a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, it's again. I am a little concerned. I do think I keep coming back to the Jonah because, like you said, the engine. It's the engine right. on the plus side. They scored three touchdowns with uh, Awashika in the game. They only yeah. scored ten points with, uh, with when Joni was in the game. So Hashtag it's not math. like it's not like they're ca- they're not capable of scoring sure. with him. It's not like with him being in the game, all of a sudden the the brakes are going they're going to be you know driving a car with a boot on it. Right. They've got there's still a high high firing offense that can put up points, and so they're concerning. But I mean. I don't think there's going to be a ton to be concerned about, but those are probably the most too glaring. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. We're going to get into some positive things, maybe some matchups that favor 
the lions. So now that we have scared you into a corner, uh, <laughs> when we come back here on the midweek mailbag NFC championship edition, we'll be right back. And we are back here in the midweek mailbag NFC championship edition Lions 49ers coming your way 6 30 p.m. Eastern on what I don't even know if Fox probably this week I should probably know that correct. I don't correct okay. it is nailed it yep. um but let's get back to your questions you, you guys didn't come here for my TV guide knowledge uh our next question here comes from between the numbers Anthony asks with this likely being in quote unquote all in aggressive game plan what trick plays from the Lions past few years would you like to see them recycle this week a la the Brock Wright Jets play from last week and then it says in parentheses no flea flickers which is a a, a great parenthetical all-time great parenthetical (laughs) um you know they've they've taken a shot uh, a deep shot the past couple of years that have paid off well. You saw it with um, Khalif Raymond against the Packers. You saw it with uh, JMO where they run this, this like kind of hook over the middle and then slant and they get you your fastest guy against the safety. And I would like to see that or a variation of that where you basically run that safety off and you get that safety in trail and then you Texas route Jameer Gibbs and behind him over the field, over the middle of the field. Cause like I look, these linebackers for San Francisco are great, but Jameer Gibbs on the Texas route is impossible. Like it's just amazing. Yeah. And so there's variations that you can do on it, but I, I would love to see them test deep against yeah. San Fran and keep and get them on their heels. And if you can, and I think there's, there's benefits to it beyond just hitting that play, because if you can start stretching these safeties, it's going to open that middle of the field, which is really where you want to live anyways. Yeah. And I see a lot of people in the chat saying like sweeps and arounds reverses, maybe getting JMO involved in some of that horizontal speed. And I'm not sure this is the defense to, to try that sort of stuff against. They got a lot of speed on that defense, particularly at the second level. But I did it like it dawned on me the other day, probably during the the Bucks game. Like they send Amon Ra in motion so often, and that used to set them up to run a quick like end around to Amon Ra. And I don't feel I feel like we haven't seen that in a year. Like I feel like there's I mean there's no chance they're setting up setting up the NFC Championship game to to finally pull that one out again. Are, are they? Maybe I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. The other the other thing is um a route that we haven't seen a whole lot is Jameer on a wheel. Mm-hmm. Like like he's so custom suited for that. Right. Like throw a little wheel, like do your levels, do like a high low cross to bring your guys across and then just send Jameer on a wheel behind where they vacated. Give me that. It, yeah, that's, that's it's not it's not Jared Goff's best throw which I think is maybe part of the reason they haven't done it. But at the same time, like his touchdown pass to, it's, yeah, to, to Amon Ra, Ra at the end was, yeah, was kind of similar. 
Just throw that just ball. Throw that every yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> the same. I mean, look, you don't just <clears throat> you can you can get Jameer to just adapt. Don't even have Jared. Don't have Jared try to hit him. Just yeah. have Jared throw the same ball every time and let Jameer just run into it. Like <laughs> it, it just honestly, you can motion him out if you if you need him to get there a little sooner. You motion him out. You need him to get there a little later. You have him like uh you know do a he- a hezzy. Like there's there's things that you can do to to get that timing. But yeah, just throw that exact same ball and let Jameer go get it. Do do you agree with the premise of the question here though that like the Lions are oh, going absolutely. to throw the bag yeah. at? Yes. I absolutely think they're going to have something up their sleeve. And even if it's not something that they have like been preparing for all season or anything like that, I think they are going to look at this defense and say, we're going to have to uh, be aggressive against them and downfield threats. Um, you can't, it's going to be hard to run vertical. Like you said, they're so athletic getting lateral is, is, is going to be really hard. So you have to get vertical. Uh, and so, Stretching the field with JMO, taking a deep shot at JMO, getting wheels and and Texas is and and those are all things that I'm I'm game for because those are advantages that I think you can have against in 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 a way above average secondary. Um, the, you know I'm going to skip down to our last question Defense, because it, uh, yeah, yeah, because it kind of goes along with what we're saying here, uh, and also I'm just very eager to say this Twitter handle because it makes me laugh. Felon Degeneres uh, asks. <laughs> Part of the part of Green Bay's strategy in the passing game was targeting outside, trying to avoid Warner and Greenlaw, their linebackers. Right. Um, do the Lions take the same approach, even though our strength is passing uh, in passing has been over the middle of the field? I, I, I do think there's going to be some more gap running than than zone, mm-hmm. um, because that's something that the, that the Packers did. And then while you are going not going to want to move away from things that have been working, which is, you know, your, your weapons are mostly over the middle. You, I I do absolutely agree that you need to stretch the outside a little bit more. You need to target the outside. That's where like a wheel can come into play. That's where Josh Reynolds can come into play, but overall, I don't think they're going to want to get too far away from what's been working because they've been running the same offense and putting up 30 points on the regular. Yeah. That said, like this is also a team that's very capable of running screens and and like you said, kind of like sure. swing. They they like throwing squ- swing passes to to Jameer Gibbs every now and then. Um, that they have enough speed and and if Khalif is back this week, like maybe that ad- adds an extra dimension of like quick passes to the outside to make sure that yeah. they are playing a little bit more horizontally. Um, but well, but yeah, look, I'm, they're, I'm they're, like their the bread and butter is up the middle. And I think Ben Johnson does an amazing job of finding ways to open up the middle, even if it, it doesn't mean peppering the perimeter, you know, hitting outside breaking routes and things like that. They don't necessarily even need to do that because Ben Johnson's so good at just being able to scheme some some wide open spaces over the middle. Both offense and defense adapts to the opponent. That's something that they've been proponents of all year long. And, mm-hmm. and that's been a philosophy from day one. And it's interesting to see like uh, some 49ers analysis uh, of people looking at what the Lions did against the Bucks, And they're saying, well, this isn't going to work against the Niners. And I'm like, yeah, well, they're not going to do that. <laughs> like right. they're not going to do this against the Niners because that's not going to work. Exactly what you're saying. They, when you rewatch that, game against Tampa 
they ran so many zone beaters because Tampa runs so much zone. Right. It was almost all zone beaters. They're not going to run all zone beaters against San Fran's man. That's not it. So you're going to have an adapted offense. You're going to have some shots that are going to go deep on the outside. And I do think the Packers had a nice blueprint, especially on the run game where they got the, the uh, Niners interior into some compromising spots. And look, Bosa's great. If you run at him, though, you can run at him. And Chase Young's great. But Chase Young isn't Chase Young anymore. He hasn't been Chase Young since, you know, a couple years now. You can run at Chase. And and if you can get your – there's ways to attack that the that the lines are going to have in their, in their game plan that might not look anything like what we saw last week against him. Yeah, and, and while we're on the run game, I, I do think this is an opportunity for the lines to kind of – control the pace of the game running the football against this 49ers defense because for as good as they are against the pass there's a lot of vulnerabilities in the run game and and i mentioned eric armstead and 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 hargrave those guys are phenomenal outstanding pass rushers they're not great run defenders and as a team i think they're 26th in epa when it comes to run defense and i think they're what 14th or 15th in dvoa that might come to surprise surprise you because like the overall numbers don't look that bad. I think they're giving up four one a carry, which is about average. Um, they're giving up like ninety eight or something rushing yards per game, which is better than average. Um, in fact, I think maybe even top five. But you look at the attempts; like that's teams aren't bothering to run against the Forty ers because they're falling behind because they have to keep pace with a Forty ers yes. offense. If the Lions can control the game early and run the ball, which they should be able to do, I think there's enough an advantage there in, in the offensive line versus their defensive line. I do think the Lions have an avenue to control a game, to 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 be what they want on offense. And then maybe, yeah, maybe if they start c- having the 49ers commit more players to the box, then it does maybe open up some stuff over the top, over the middle. Yeah, honestly, like... It's it's almost as simple as that. It's if you have success on the ground and you stretch J- you use JMO to stretch the defense, that opens you up over the middle, which is exactly where, where you want to attack. And it may not be there right off the bat, but like we saw last week, eventually you're going to get to that point where you wear them down and that middle starts opening up again. And yep. the Lions they are willing to stick with things longer than a lot of teams are true. And they, they have confidence in their run game and they're not just going to bail on it. If it gets, you know, stunted right off the bat, I expect them to attack. I expect them uh, in the run game. I expect them to use their tackles to try and bully the, uh, the defensive ends and try and get those defensive ends on their heels. Look, Bosa versus Sewell is a great matchup. That's going to be fantastic. And then Decker against Chase. I think Decker's better. I think Decker's going to have the advantage. If it's one-on-one, I think Decker's going to win almost every time. And yes, Chase is going to still do well, and there's a lot of things they can do, but Decker is playing at a level right now that I don't think we've talked about enough. Like he, what he's doing right now, he is playing inspired football. And I think the Lions tackles could be a huge key, especially if if uh, if you have to shuffle the interior a little bit or if you're using, you know, you having to lean on Aushika, that Sewell Bosa matchup could be that, the, the you know, one of the top keys to victory. There you go. 
Um, what won't be a key to victory? Because uh, this question comes from BK Shaky and asks, and asks, this is for Jeremy. I've seen the offensive and defensive numbers for Detroit, San Francisco. Can you talk about the special teams play and the possibility of getting Khalif Raymond back? Uh, the 49ers are average at everything. They have Jake Moody, who's decent. Probably won't matter. 25th and DVOA special teams. They look what they did. Well, it doesn't matter. They gave up. They gave up some big punt returns or some big kick returns um, last week. That's true. They were, they were bad on special teams against the Packers. They still won. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, I I looked at, I I did look at some of the numbers and, and they are mostly average for the season outside of DVOA, which is slanted obviously a little bit more towards a negative, but to me, there's, there's a not noticeable advantage in one way or the other in this game. It might come down to a field goal miss here and there. I mean, we saw that happen obviously in the Buffalo game, but Moody has been good enough where I don't think there's a, like, I don't think the lines are looking at Michael Badgley and being like, Oh, we got this in the back. Like we've got a big advantage here where they're, they're on shaky ground. The trick will be how deep you can get into their territory in, in a lot of ways, because Moody has a leg that they will be willing to test it. Right. They will be willing to let him kick beyond 50. And whereas the Lions, you know, m- maybe they're not as inclined to right. do that, even though Badgley has shown he can hit from 50. Um they may not be as inclined. They may, and, and that might force them into being more aggressive on third and fourth downs. That may force them to uh end up with keeping the ball, keeping possession, right? right. And, and if that happens, maybe, and then, then the drive stalls, you got Badgley in a better spot and could come down. It, it really could. Like, this is a game where I think you're going to want, if if you can get points on every, you might need to get points almost every drive. You know what I mean? Like, there may be a drive or two where you can afford to not get points, but you're going to almost have to score every single time down uh, because the points are going to be at a premium. So it sounds like you don't care about punting in this game or special teams because that's going to be a losing strategy. No, anyways, punting. I mean, punting is always huge. It's always position. You know what I mean? Like you can flip the field. That's why Jack Fox is paid the way he's paid. And but I, I I do think I'm more inclined to believe that it's going to be Michael Badgley might have a bigger impact than Jack Fox. I sure hope so. Um, all right, last duo of questions here. From our good friend Jason Krolik asks, what scares you about the 49ers? What makes you believe the Lions will win? And let's answer them in that order because we want to end on a good, on a positive note. Um, I think the biggest thing is just the, the fact that they are balanced, like uh, just across the board. Yeah. Um, they have talent everywhere. Um, they don't have a whole lot of weaknesses because they are very just even and, and that balance. And yes, they have, and I think that balance leads some of their players to playing better than maybe they actually are right. Like some of those, some players that if you put them on a different team, wouldn't have the same level of success, um, as they, they do in this system with the team, with the players around them. But I think like Detroit, these guys were all handpicked to be in that system and they were and and to work in cohesion with one another. And so that just 
balance, their ability to win in different ways and have talent everywhere. That's the thing that scares me the most is there's not like very obvious glaring, like let's just throw it there. CB2 type of thing Um, there. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's arguably the best roster in football. I would probably say it is the best roster in football and they're they can win in so many different ways right they can they can run all over you with christian mccaffrey we mentioned all the crazy offensive weapons they have through the air and they have a quarterback that's capable of getting them the ball they have an offensive line that isn't great on paper but they they can run the ball like they're they're very much built in in the same way the lines are in, in a lot of ways in that not everyone is a pass blocking phenom on that offensive line but everyone will maul the crap out of you in the run game and then yeah all the athleticism they have on defense they're 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 built to stop the run too um not not as good as the lions are but they they have guys capable of doing that especially at the second level with that that good linebacking core that it it's it might not be hard for Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery to find the hole but they've made a lot of money this year in their ability to break tackles and yards after contact 49ers are not a team that gives up a lot of yards after contact. They're a solid foundational team that knows how to tackle that, that, you know, is not, you know, the, the whole thing that this, this team was built on this year is like, we got to get these three and four yard runs into seven and eight yard runs. That's going to be a hell of a challenge against this defense. And they're just a well-coached team overall. Um, I, I have an enormous amount of respect for a guy like Kyle Shanahan. And, um, you know, if, if, we we know the struggles this this Lions defense has had, and and you you sure know that Kyle Shanahan knows every single person's name on this Lions defense who he thinks he can exploit. So it's 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 a mountain it's a mountain to climb um, because it's they're so well rounded because they're they're so capable of being dangerous in every facet of the game, um, but the Lions are too. The I mean, I, I mean, how many times do I need to say it every single year? This is a top ten passing offense. This is a top ten run offense. This is a top ten run defense. There aren't a lot of teams that follow that that have three out of their four major categories that are really, really good at everything. And and despite the fact that the Lions have been really bad in that very last category, their pass defense, they've given up three hundred and forty yards in five straight games. They are four and one in those games, and arguably five and zero. Oh. They've figured out a way to exist in this competitive marketplace, whatever you want to call it, without like with with without like they're missing a limb and they are uh they're they're essentially using every I mean they're they're compensating, right? Like they they they're they're so good everywhere else that it doesn't seem to matter to them. Um and so I think you come into this 49ers game, and this is where I turn the conversation and why I'm confident about this game. They can run the ball against this team. They can. They can and they should. And that changes everything. It's particularly if they can stop the run on, on defense, which they might be able to. They haven't been as good against the run as they were maybe earlier in the season, but they're capable of it. I, I don't think this offensive line is unbeatable. And if the Lions, you know, last week they weren't great against it, but they didn't use a lot of their interior guys. They didn't use a lot of Alu-Alu. They didn't use a lot of Benito Jones. I think that probably changes this week. They're like, Hey, McCaffrey is the dude that we're looking to stop. If we stop McCaffrey, we trust that we can make everything else work. And I think that's a game plan that could work. 
And so, listen, I know, I know we, we live in a modern NFL and I know it's cliche to say playoff football is all about running the ball and stopping the run, but there is not a team in the NFL that is more equipped to do both of those things. And against a San Francisco team that, that likes to do those two things as well, I think the Lions might be better at those two things than San Francisco is. Yeah, I, I think that's going to lead to points too. And for me, the ability to score is going to be, I think, a thing that I'm the most confident about. Like we talked in um, in the POD direct about the fact that they put up 31 points against the Bucks, and I thought their offense struggled. I was like, you know, if yeah. their offense can hit, like who knows where their ceiling is. And yes, this is a good, very good uh, 49ers defense, better than the Bucks, or certainly. Um, but they are weak against the run. And as we talked about earlier in this segment, like if you can run the ball and then you start stretching – it's it's going to open up exactly what you want to do, and that leads to points. and And I I'm confident that they can score even against one of the best defenses in the league. And so I expect the offense to score. And so if the defense can do what it's been doing, uh, keep them to 24 points or less, this is a winnable game. This is this is this is one that they can walk away with. And I'll tell you what, their right side versus Aiden Hutchinson that's an advantage to Aiden Hutchinson, right? Like they moved on uh, from their right tackle um, McGlinchey last year. And they have what McKivitz in there uh, right now. McKivitz isn't, is not suited to play Hutchinson. He's not going to be able to handle him. Right. I think their interior guards are not as stout and that could, that's what can uh, I think help the lions start to stop the run. If they can be powerful, if they can blitz in the middle, like, they blitzed their their safeties and their uh, last week, just like they did against um, Minnesota and Denver, right? right? Yep. And so, like, you you probably not gonna be able to do that against San Fran, but you know what you can do? You can blitz your linebackers, right? And mm -hmm. if you start blitzing up in that middle, you can start taking advantage of those safeties. I mean, the way that Glenn was utilizing the blitz last game was very aggressive. He was putting those linebackers up and then dropping him, dropping the linebackers back into coverage. He was setting up some confusing things. And if you can do that against this offensive line and you start to control the ground and you can control the ground on both sides of the ball, you can win. And I mean, I think that last week's game between the 49ers and the Packers gives you should give you all the confidence you need that this Lions team is going to compete. Yeah. Not will, not can, will. Yep. The Green Bay Packers punted one time against this 49ers defense. One time. They they missed on a fourth and one conversion. They they I think they did they miss they missed a field goal. They threw two interceptions in that game. If they last just one was terrible, that one was terrible. This is, I mean, this is a team that is just, they're beatable. The 49, the 49ers gave up a buck 36 on the ground and four, nine, a carry to the Packers and the Lions can run the ball better than the Packers. They can, they have better backs. They have better offensive line. I know, I know it's not the same and the 49ers are going to have a different game plan against the Lions than they did the Packers, but this isn't, I don't think it's going to be that far off. But I, but maybe, maybe not, honestly. <clears throat> but I, I mean, 
it it's not like the Packers did anything mind blowing, right? It's not like no, not like Jordan Love pulled all these crazy plays out of his butt. Like this, they, they were dominating that game. Yeah, at the they line. Were, Beating them at the line and the Lions are a team, like I said, that are capable of doing that on both sides of the ball. Are you know, is the Lions front seven or front four, I should say, on defense, are they going to, you know, create 10 pressures on their own? No, probably not, unless Aiden has nine. <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of stopping the run, in terms of dominating the ground on offense, the Lions have the better personnel. They they do. And that's that's it's going to give him a shot. It's going to give him a, a real good shot in this game. So I, I just I went into this week thinking, I don't know, the 49ers are, are kind of the cream of the cop, crop. But then I remember like, yeah, so are the Lions. They belong in this group. I, I said it yesterday in the podcast, like the Ravens, the Chiefs, the 49ers and the Lions, all four of those teams belong to be here right now. All those teams should be considered on the same tier because they are. And that can mean, I mean, that could be, we're talking about the Super Bowl next week. That's, that's the reality we're living in as, as weird and uncomfortable as it might sound saying it. That's, that's where we are, Eric. One game, 60 minutes. That we'll be there. (laughs) All right. I think we'll leave it there guys. Thank you so much for listening. Support all year. I hope we got, well, I was going to say, I hope we got one more of these in us, but I guess if the Lions make the Super Bowl, we have two more in us <laughs> before that game. Uh, but we'll be obviously at Levi's Stadium. Uh, if you're a Pride of Detroit Direct subscriber, you'll get a post game video from both of us side by side. Um, we'll obviously still have a first bite for everybody coming later this week with a special 49ers guest to help break us down the matchup. But until then, for Eric, for myself, thank you all for listening. It's chaos. Be kind.